Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Believe in USC Basketball on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Chris Penrose. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, been a while since the last show. Lots been going on. Uh, a lot of questions still out there for USC's basketball team. Uh, a few questions have been answered. Uh, SC has finished the regular season with a 12-3 and record. Have some pretty good wins. Have some pretty bad losses. Um, and now we're three games into the Pac-12 season. Uh, and SC's got a 2-1 and record there with a huge, huge weekend coming up with Cal and Stanford coming into the Galen Center. But let's Let's do a little recap of the uh, the non-conference schedule before we dive into the Pac-12. And I think I said they were 12 and three in non-conference. Uh, they were 11 and three in non-conference. So there were a lot of questions about SC schedule, non-conference schedule coming into this season. Was it strong enough? Uh, was there the opportunity for enough tier one quality wins that the committee is going to look at at the end of the season uh, if SC doesn't? win the Pac-12 um, tournament and doesn't get an automatic bid. So you looked at their schedule, Florida A&M to start the season. Florida A&M is one of the worst teams in the country. Uh, Portland, who didn't win a conference game last year. South Dakota State, who's up and down. Nevada at Nevada, which was supposed to be kind of one of those signature games. Nevada lost just about everyone from their team last year. Um so that win uh, isn't as quality as I think everyone was hoping it would have been. Uh, they beat up on Pepperdine. Um, and then Temple coming into town. So Temple uh, always plays tough. This was going to be one of those quality wins. And as we talked about in one of our previous shows, SC just didn't really show up in the second half of that game. And as soon as Temple put the pressure on, uh, SC wilted a little bit and ended up losing that game by about nine points. Uh, and that was a little frustrating. They came out flat in Orlando against Fairfield, played Marquette, uh, in which they got smacked by almost 30 points. Uh, Marcus Howard came out and had himself a game. Uh, SC had absolutely no answer for him whatsoever. Uh, was kind of a depressing uh, uh, locker room afterwards, I think. Marcus Howard ended up with 51 points against the Trojans on 14 to 24 shooting, had nine threes and made 14 free throws. Anytime someone drops 51 on you, I think you have to look at yourself in the mirror and kind of figure out uh, what kind of team you're going to be for the rest of the season. Now they responded against Harvard. Harvard's a very good team. I think that's going to end up being one of SC's big quality wins. Uh, I think Harvard's going to win the Ivy League, and that's a very good that's a very good team, and I think they could win a game or two in the tournament. Uh, they went to TCU and won on a last-minute tip by Nick Rakosevic. Uh, that, we were kind of hoping, would be probably more of a quality win. TCU hasn't played that well in conference so far. So far. And then Long Beach State. But the big game was against LSU at the Staples Center. And I always kind of thought that this game at this point of the year, where you're going to be you know, over 11 games into the season... Your freshmen are kind of no longer freshmen uh, in terms of the non-conference. You're playing on a neutral court. Uh, this was going to be kind of a signature game that SC really needed to win. And uh, I was there at Staples Center. Um, 
San Diego State and Utah played previously, and that atmosphere was amazing if you're an Aztec fan. Uh, a lot of people from San Diego drove up and packed the Staples Center. Uh, unfortunately, the atmosphere was not as uh, not as loud and uh, jubilant as the uh, the San Diego State Utah game was. Uh, but SC did have a little bit of a crowd there, and they played well. Uh, I would say LSU was up probably four to eight points the majority of the game, uh, and then I thought Ethan Ethan Anderson hit some big shots down the stretch. Um, Daniel Otomi hit some big shots down the stretch. I thought Big O played well. Uh, Nick hit some big shots. And SC ended up winning that game 70-68. to And that was a, that's one of the biggest wins that they've had. LSU's been playing pretty well in conference. You know They're going to have a chance to, to kind of challenge Kentucky for uh, the SEC title. And hopefully they do. And then Florida Gulf Coast came into town. Uh, you knew that was going to be kind of an emotional one for Coach Enfield as that's where he really made his name at Florida Gulf Coast University, uh, having some of his, uh, his uh, old colleagues and, uh, and assistant coaches come into town. Uh, that was one that uh, was going to be uh, obviously starred on Enfield's calendar. They won 71-58. to 58. So not a, not a great uh, non-conference schedule in terms of the quality of teams uh, on the schedule. Uh, I think SC would have really liked to have uh, beaten Marquette and gotten a chance at Maryland, who was ranked number five in the country at that time in Orlando. Uh, they did win uh, against LSU, which is a big win. Uh, I think Harvard's going to be a big win. They played well at Nevada, which I think the committee will look at. So it's not great. It's not awful. Uh, but now that you're in the Pac-12 conference, there are going to be some fantastic opportunities for SC to get some big time quality wins. You know, you gotta play Oregon, you gotta play Arizona, Washington's been ranked, Colorado's ranked. Those are some big time teams uh, that USC is gonna have to get big wins against in order to kind of show the committee that they deserve to be in the tournament when it comes to the selection time. So then you look at USC going to Washington. And Washington State. So at Washington State was the Pac-12 opener. Uh, back and forth game. SC ended up winning by nine. Uh, really set the stage for a fantastic opportunity for SC to go sweep a road. Uh, a, 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 go sweep the Washingtons on the road. And then they're coming back to play UCLA and Poly. Anytime you have to open up. The Pac-12 with three consecutive road games, that's going to be difficult. But after getting that first one, you really set the stage to really get some momentum and get that second road win and get a sweep on the road. And SC just completely fell on their face. They lost 72-40 to against Washington. Probably the worst offensive performance I've ever seen from a team, I would have to say, ever. Uh, I've never seen anything quite like that in my life. 21 points in the first half, 19 points in the second half. I mean, you look at these stats. Oh, my God. 13 of 65 from the field. I mean, they shot 20% from the field, 13% from the three, two of 15. And one of those threes was hit in the last minute of the game when it didn't count. One of the most concerning things to me is free throws. 12 of 25. And you know there are a lot of front ends of one-on-ones in there as well. 48% from the free throw line, that that just, it's just awful and cannot happen. Uh, Washington's a good team. They're tough on the road. 
What's going to be very interesting moving forward is their point guard, Quade Green, academically ineligible. This was the last game he played before he was ruled academically ineligible, and he's a player. Uh, I mean, he had 14 points, uh, two rebounds, five assists, uh, hit two threes against the Trojans. He was their second leading scorer behind Isaiah Stewart. Uh, Having him not available for the Huskies is going to be a big issue, and I think we saw that um, as Washington is now... Believe they're now one and three in Pac-12. They're towards the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. And then we talk about UCLA. Let's move on to some better news. So SC goes into Poly Pavilion, and uh, you know this UCLA was coming off of also a uh, a split on the road. They beat Washington, which was a very big win for UCLA. Lost to Washington State in overtime. They had a chance to come into that game. 2-0. and uh, They were 1-1 just like the Trojans. And I think the frustration uh, and buildup after that Washington game, uh, SC came out very focused and it was, it was very exciting uh, to see that team come out with the type of intensity and focus for that UCLA game. And I think they really needed to. I mean, after that embarrassing loss at Washington, uh, I think Enfield really got to his kids and and got them to play. It was an incredible second half. The SC was leading 33-31 at halftime, and then they outscored UCLA 41-32 uh, in the second half, uh, won 74-63. One of the biggest things and takeaways is Onyeka Okongwu, who's been USC's rock this entire season, their leading scorer, leading rebounder, uh, he had probably the worst game he's had of the season, and that's saying a lot coming off the Washington game. Uh, got in foul trouble, only played 23 minutes, had four points, four rebounds, and SC played very, very well with him on the bench. Nick Rakosevich really stepped up, 6'11 from the field, 17 points, 14 rebounds. He played tremendously in the second half. Uh, Jonah Matthews really showed up to play. Uh, he had 16 points. Uh, shot the ball pretty well with two of three from the three-point line. Uh, Ethan Anderson had a great first half. He had 12 points in the first half. Uh, my biggest issue with him was the press break uh, in the second half. He had five turnovers, and it was like he never, he's never saw a press break. Or I'm sorry, he's never been pressed in his entire life. And he just did not know how to invite the trap, swing the ball, um, made a bunch of goofy turnovers. Uh, that's something that he needs to clean up very quickly. And that kind of goes back to one of the biggest issues for the Trojans all season long has been, who's your point guard? Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later after we after we talk about this UCLA game. But, you know, Elijah Weaver came off the bench. Uh, he hit uh, a big three uh, as the shot clock was winding down. Um, you know, I, I think Kyle Sturdivant has come off the bench and given great minutes. Uh, he only played six minutes in that UCLA game, but he had a really big shot, had two points, um, plays fantastic defense, really turns the point guard uh, defensively. I, I would like to see his minutes get up to 12 to 14 a game. Um, I think he kind of fills that point guard void that SC seems to have right now. Uh, I'd really like to see him play a little bit more. Um, but these are the stats that, that I'm really excited about uh, for SC. Uh, 
In the second half, they shot 62% from the three-point line, five of eight. They weren't jacking up threes. They only took eight threes, and they were all in rhythm, good shots. Um, field goals, they shot 70% from the field in the second half, 45% in the first half. They shot almost 60% of the game, uh, taking good, high-quality shots, uh, rebounding the basketball, pushing it, getting easy shots and layups in transition. Uh, that that was very fun to watch. But big issue, free throws. 13 of 21 from the free throw line, shooting 62%. If you're in a, if you're in a tight game, that's going to lose you games. Poor free throw shooting will lose you games. But SC's 2-1 going into this weekend. Very, very big weekend. Cal and Stanford. Stanford uh, is at the top of the Pac-12 standings right now. They are undefeated. They actually play UCLA Wednesday night. Uh, Stanford will come into the Galen Center on Saturday. Cal and USC face off on Thursday. Cal's awful. They're bad. Uh, USC should handle them pretty easily, which will set up for uh, a pretty big showdown with USC and Stanford on Saturday night. Um, I really hope Galen Center's packed. The student section better be loud. Um, I, I have a feeling Stanford's going to come in there undefeated. And if SC beats Stanford, they will be, I believe, alone in first place uh, in the Pac-12 because they would hold the tiebreak against Stanford uh, if they beat UCLA. So those are two huge games. Uh, SC has a real strong opportunity right now uh, to take the lead in the conference uh, with a huge road trip coming up next week when they play at Oregon and Oregon State. So... We're a little over halfway through the season. There's some good things about this team. There's some struggles with this team. Obviously, I've harped on free throw shooting. I don't I don't know what to do about free throws. Just make them. They're easy. They're free. All you have to do is practice. That's all you have to do. Uh, it's very, very frustrating when you see guys that are jacking up three-pointers go one of six from the free throw line. It's just, it's it's unacceptable in my opinion. Completely unacceptable. Uh, Big O is as advertised. He is the rock of this team right now. Um, I think Nick has learned over the course of the season to play uh, with Onyeka, um, and I think Nick's playing better and better as this season continues um, and is learning how to work off of Big O when he gets doubled. Uh, I I think Nick's Nick's leadership has really come into play here. one of the biggest issues for me has been the outside shooting. SC has not been a very good three-point shooting team all season. I think uh, I really like what Coach Enfield did with uh, putting Daniel Tomey in the starting lineup at UCLA. I think Utomi, in my opinion, is the best three-point shooter on this team. I'd like to see him start. I'd like to see him get into the flow a little bit more and take those three-point shots. I think he stretches the defense a little bit more. Uh, so Big O and Nick can get a little bit more, uh, get more interior touches. Uh, I'd like to see Utomi on the floor more. I think that's something that that Enfield needs to figure out how to do. Defensively, I think this team's gotten better uh, after that complete meltdown uh, against Marquette and Marcus Howard. Um, defense wasn't fantastic against Washington either, but uh, overall, I would say that this team. When they're locked in defensively, they're very, very tough to score on. Um, you know, Ethan Anderson's had good games and bad games. Elijah Weaver, good games, bad games. Uh, we still don't have a true point guard. I think, 
you know, maybe next year or the year after, Kyle Sturdivant's really going to be that point guard that comes in and can run the show. Uh, but that's still a big question mark for USC. Is Ethan Anderson really going to be the point guard? Um, or is he better off as a two guard, uh, an off guard, a guard that can help bring the ball up but doesn't have to bring it up all the time? Um, Jonah Matthews, very hot and cold. I thought he played very well against UCLA. Uh, he's had really tough games throughout this season. Um, he's a senior leader that uh, we're going to need consist- consistency from him. We're going to need... Uh, better three-point shooting. We're going to need good passes. We're going to need him to be able to grab the team on the free throw line, get them in whatever defense or offense they're going to be running, and we're going to need his leadership if we get down five or ten points with eight minutes to go in the game. That's what we need from Jonah Matthews, and we need to see a little bit more of that. So still a lot of basketball left to be played. Uh, As of right now, I think SC is most likely a fringe team. Uh, to get into the to get into the NCAA tournament, I think they're going to need a couple wins. You know, I think they'll get 21, 22 wins uh, at the end of at the end of the non-conference. Or excuse me, at the end of the Pac-12 conference, um, I think they're going to have a legitimate shot. But they need some quality wins. We'll see what happens this weekend against Cal and Stanford, and then they're going to have some signature opportunities uh, up at the Oregon schools. Pac-12 is wide open. It's wide open. Oregon's lost a couple games. Arizona's lost a couple games. Washington, who everyone thought would be kind of one of the uh, one of the season favorites, uh, they're at the bottom of the of the Pac-12 right now since their point guard uh, is academically ineligible. Um, Oregon State's won some surprising games. Stanford, you know, no one thought they would be that good. They're at the top of the conference, so anyone could win this thing. Um, so why not USC? And I think that's what Enfield. And his coaching staff is saying to those guys right now, hey, why not us? No one else has taken the lead in this conference. Why not us? And they're going to have opportunities. So very exciting. Uh, let's pack the Galen Center for this weekend. Uh, big game against Cal on Thursday. Uh, and obviously huge, huge game against Stanford on Saturday night. So that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you know, As always, I, I love your questions uh, and your comments. Uh, feel free to reach out to me uh, at cpenrose10 uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, that's it for me. Thanks for listening to Believe in USC Basketball on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.